0: This podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like sh and other bad
1: words too much. Listener description is advised. another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host, Joe Shaw. And on this special Thanksgiving week edition of the podcast, I speak with comic book author, Mr. James Hostler. And on the show, I speak with James about his Native American superhero called the Bobcat. He's a Cherokee hero, and it is a really engaging discussion. We talk about how James has always kind of wanted to create a comic book hero and why he chose to make a Native American hero, and also how after a successful Kickstarter campaign, now Caliber Comics has latched on and is helping to distribute the trade paperback volumes of the Bobcat. So you'll hear all about that all about James and some new cool exciting stuff to look out for on the horizon for both James and also for caliber comics in general so stick around after this and enjoy Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is author, father, man extraordinaire, Mr. James Hostler. James, thanks so much for being on the show today.
0: It is my pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to be on here with you. (laughs)
1: Uh, So, uh, James, I was brought to your attention. No, you, wait a minute. Hold up. You came, so, ugh. Real strong start here. So let me let me whoop, 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 back it up, back it up, back it up. Uh, so I heard about you. This is uh, the better way. This is exactly what I'm trying to say. So you uh, had messaged uh, the podcast not too long ago yes. to tell us about uh, your your uh, your graphic novel, your comic called The Bobcat, which is what we are going to be talking about today. And uh, I'll do. Uh, you know, I want you to kind of give a little bit more introduction into who you are and what this show, this, uh, this comic is, but I will say before we get into that, that, uh, you know, you had uh, messaged us about coming on the show and I really liked your premise that you came to us with. So for those that are unfamiliar, we'll be talking about this on the show today. The Bobcat is the comic that James has uh, written and helped uh, create and it is a Native American superhero, which is super cool and super rare and unique. And it was something that I'd been trying to coordinate for a little bit. And then we finally made it happen. So, so, yeah, that's just kind of a long roundabout way to say that I'm super glad that you reached out. And I want you to kind of tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and just a little bit of intro about the Bobcat. And then we'll dive into some more specifics in a minute.
0: Okay, sounds great. And uh, again, thank you for letting me uh, talk on your show here. I think uh, we've got some interesting information that people will uh, really appreciate. Um, The Bobcat, 1898, Indian Territory. Will Firemaker, he is the protagonist. He is a Cherokee blacksmith living in Tahlequah. And he's like you and I. He thinks that the legends of the tribe are just fairy tales until they begin to come to life. We're using authentic Cherokee mythology woven into a new fictional narrative with characters I've created, characters from history who were really there at that time, and uh, some really cool uh, steampunk bad guys that, that I've created that are really awesome. And so we've got this blend. It's a Western. It has supernatural, fantasy, sci-fi, uh, all packaged into this uh, this period in eighteen ninety eight Indian Territory.
1: This is really cool, and I know uh, you had sent me a copy of the Bobcat, and so I was reading it in preparation for for this interview. And I and I got to say, I, I really love. I'm a big historical fiction fan as well, and so just being able to read and really get into the the nitty-gritty of the historical details and the actual uh, people in the time period was really awesome and then you've got people like uh like the antagonist dr shock showing up and he's just super super steampunky and i went this is awesome it's it, it, i love a good <laughs> western and so to have uh, a western feel and then you throw in these sci-fi and steampunk elements was really uh, quite a twist for me so what what um what caused you cuz cause i'm really interested in in finding out kind of your thought process behind so you've got you've got this native american superhero this cherokee hero right. and it's it's steeped in in historical in historical context so 1898 in oklahoma right. and why So you've got a good groundwork and a good face. And and honestly, when I I was reading, I kind of got sucked in and was thinking it would be more of a, what am I trying to say? More of a, a, a kind of vigilante feel. Mm, like yeah. like, kind of a st- streamlined, like not Lone Ranger, but kind of like this guy's a hero and he's trying to help the people. And then all of a sudden you've got like this sci-fi and steampunk elements. Uh, even though you've got on the outline, I didn't really see coming. And so what what made you want to kind of weave those or um, you know, have it interwoven with the, the, the historical aspects of the story?
0: Right. Um, these other elements make the story appealing to such a wide range of uh, readers and people that have different tastes in, uh, you know, books and graphic novels. Sure. Um, you know, the, uh, the historical aspect, that is something that I wanted to have included with everything woven into it, but not relying on it. And it's not sure. a his- history lesson. Right. But, but at the same time, We've got a history section at the end of the book talking about actual events that happened, and they, they're woven into this fictional narrative. So people, they're going to get a feel for where things were at this time and, and uh, you know, a real sense of uh, presence in, in, in that time period where that's at in the Bobcat world. And, uh, you know, the steampunk elements are something I've, I've always loved the, the steampunk Western uh stuff you know wild wild west you know things right. like yes, that yes, yes yes uh you know what i mean and yes uh, i do. so so i i had these great ideas for characters and i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna weave them in here and we're gonna make this story so exciting they're gonna people may begin just going oh, oh hum, it's just a western what hello you know right and uh so um it all it, the, the great thing about it so far to me and other people have confirmed this is it flows very it's very organic and it's it flows very smoothly and so uh it it just it just goes together very well like peanut butter and jelly you know it's just i I love it and uh and it's just it's just fun and to go back and see these uh, characters and and you know the protagonist again he's like you and i he is as astounded and surprised and, and you know intimidated or whatever as we are as we read it, he's experiencing these things, which I think is a really cool element as well. You know, uh, okay. it, do- it doesn't start out as you know a hero that's you know well established and he's a veteran and and you know then you go back later and tell his uh, origin story, but it, it just it starts from the, from the very beginning as this uh, person as Will Firemaker begins to grow and to learn and to find his place, his uh, his calling and his destiny uh, in the world and, and in the tribe.
1: That's very cool. Now, I want to kind of step back a little bit and have our listeners get to know you. So, James, uh, I did read that you are uh, a member of the... Uh, forgive me if I if I say this incorrectly, but a member of the Cherokee uh, Nation is that correct? Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, I th- my I'm a citizen at large because I okay. do not live within the tribal jurisdiction in that part of the state, but uh, I am on the uh, roster because my grandmother was on the roll. She had a roll number, Dawes roll, and uh, she actually, and I'm I'm going to be digressing because I'll start off on some other side story. <laughs> sure. But my my grandmother. Uh, that, that is why I'm a member of the tribe, uh, because she had her Dawes roll papers and, uh, she actually went to what they called at the time, the Cherokee female seminary, literally a hundred years ago, like in 1916, 1917. And that building, which is totally awesome, is there in Tahlequah today. And we went to go see it not too long ago and it's just, it's really awesome. So, um, I've been a a comic fanatic for over 45 years. You know, I was in elementary school when I started to go bonkers on the comic books. And the initial thoughts, the initial idea, uh, the framework for the Bobcat was something I came up with when I was in in single digits, you know, nine or 10. And uh, I wanted to have a hero that was from Oklahoma. I wanted him to be Native American, a Cherokee specifically. Um, At the time... One of the books that I read a lot of because I thought his costume was so cool uh, was uh, Black Panther. And, nice. and, and in the early 70s, the Black Panther was not the phenomenon that it is today. Right. And, uh, anyway, so I thought it was awesome. And I thought, okay, I like this cat theme. So what are we going to use around here? You know, the, what, what animals do, what cats do we have that uh, could possibly be a character that no one has used, et cetera. And so I came up with the Bobcat at that time, there was no extensive development or anything, but the, the thought, the idea was right there. That's when it was born. And I tinkered with it and thought about it over the years. Um, and then when I turned 50, I brought it all off the shelf and started to delve into it, you know, full bore, started to do um, a lot of research and development on, on just the whole setting and, and uh, Cherokee mythology and history. And so I put it all together and, uh, and got this character uh, that uh, is not, uh, he's not like anything else. I mean, there's similarities with a whole ton of people, a whole ton of characters, but he isn't. Just exactly like anything else out there, which yeah. is another thing that I'm proud of.
1: So that is really cool. And I know that, uh, you know, just growing up, there was only a handful of Native American superheroes that I was even a little bit aware of. And, and I, I, the list is not extensive. It's very minimal at best. And right. the only ones that I knew of were the one I was a big X-Men fan. I still am. Right. but I mean, I knew of like Forge. Danielle Moonstar, Thunderbird, Warpath, and
0: Thunderbird,
1: yeah, yeah, Forge, mm-hmm. and and uh, Danielle Moonstar are were Cheyenne, and Thunderbird and Warpath were both Apache. So even to your point, there's very few uh, Cherokee.
0: Correct, correct, uh, and the, superheroes. Right, and you like the Apache and some of the other tribes? They were more the Plains Indians, so they had big headdresses and they had teepees. The, the Cherokee uh, tribe, they wore uh, a, like a, what do you call that, a uh, turban. Sorry, it escaped me. They wore like a turban gotcha. and other huh. cloths. And they lived in uh, log cabins and that because they came from Georgia and North Carolina. Uh, so uh, that's just a, a part of the, the difference that you have there. Um, the Cherokee tribe has, of course, its own uh, salabri alphabet created by sequoia and uh, when you looked through the book i'm sure you saw some of the symbols they look like runes which is really cool yeah and that's that's actually those those are sequoia's uh uh syllabary symbols the, the letters uh that each one has a certain sound and they piece them together to create the language so uh that's another neat attribute and something uh unique about everything yeah
1: it was very cool just to see just just to see all that because I know I mean I do sound very ignorant when I'm like you know uh you know they're Cherokee and these other people I mentioned are Cheyenne and Apache but it's it's sure. I mean, it is something that i I think there's a lot of um uh what am I want to say a limited limited uh, awareness around the different uh, tribes and the different yes uh, his, histories and 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 mythology and and legend and so I loved getting to you know kind of learn a little bit more about the cherokee mythology and the cherokee uh, uh, symbolism and and language through the bobcat and that was just super super cool to to see and and know about one thing i wanted to i did want to ask was what caused you to want to do Uh, comic book graphic novel as opposed to say writing a a novel or something uh, on a quote-unquote more traditional route
0: right um i'm just i'm wired for the graphic novel the comic book that's been my thing all along Mm -hmm. and and i think uh my my attention span, et cetera, et cetera, would would, uh, diminish trying to write an actual novel without a lot (laughs) of uh, uh, literal graphic imagery and things we're creating. Because in my mind, I'm always, I I can see this comic book coming together, this great book that I'm going to be real excited about. And I'm also uh, seeing characters and scenes that would be in a a TV show or a movie and how they would work on the paper. And and that's how I see everything. So uh, rather than just, you know, doing like a Stephen King kind of thing and, and writing, you know, tons of uh, verbiage, you know, right. on, on a page. Um, I, I'm doing it the way I do it. And it works pretty well for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, it it works really well. I was always, uh, I was just reading this and going, man, it's, it's always fascinating to me why, why different uh, authors choose different routes and, and etc. And there are some mediums that help explain the story better. And I think the the graphic novel comic book route with all of the, the imageries you were talking about and the mythology and the, the symbolism, it's amazing just to see it all laid out there together in one kind of spread over uh, multiple pages. Now you had done. uh, Now I want to, I want to say, so uh, for our listeners, Andrea Molinari, who you have heard him and his son several episodes ago, earlier this year, talking about their, project the shepherd which is on caliber comics and uh andrea had had mentioned to me uh about you because i because the bobcat is a part of caliber comics now so he had told me that his perspective was he was at a specific convention and Mm -hmm. was walking through artist alley and saw the art that you had in the table setup that you had for the bobcat yes and he had mentioned that he struck up a conversation with you because he loved the art and he wanted to know more about the story. And you yes. told him, kind of like you're telling us now, and he asked you who your publisher was. And you stated, well, I don't have one. I'm doing Kickstarter. And he helped link you up with Caliber. Is that is that Absolutely. pretty accurate? Okay,
0: Absolutely, yes. Uh, so
1: what was we that were, process like for you? Yeah.
0: Oh, it was amazing. We were in New Orleans. And uh, we were at uh, Wizard World New Orleans in January of this year. Okay. And that's when he came by, and he spoke to me, and we talked about some things. And of course, at first, I was, you know, very surprised, and I was like, "Wow, okay, um, we've got some real interest here." I had uh, I had sent out uh, number the number one issue one, not volume one, because I didn't have the other work done. But I'd sent it to, uh, you know, like uh, Dark Horse and uh, Valiant and, and yeah. Image. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking, and, and I hadn't gotten anything back, you know, cause they see zillions of submissions. Sure. So I was just kind of thinking, okay, this is cool. Maybe we can kind of let this build and maybe later somebody will, uh, will kind of get it and really like what's going on and, and feel it. Uh, but that, you know, Andrea right off the bat, he saw what was going on and he felt it. And, uh, after we spoke, we, we talked a few times during the course of the, uh, the comic con within about three weeks, we had, we had a publishing deal, you know, something like that. It was, it was, it was less than a month, I'm pretty sure. Wow, so, that's pretty fast. And, and, you know, it was, it was awesome. And, uh, um, so I'm thrilled to be a part of Caliber, uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, one is that, you know, Caliber was as big as anybody. They were as big or bigger than image in the nineties. And, uh, you know, they had the comic, the graphic novel Dead World. Have you heard of Dead World before?
1: I have not, no.
0: Okay. Dead World was uh, created by someone else, but early on within just a few issues, Gary Reed, who founded uh, Caliber, he took over the book and, and wrote it. It, it, pre- it's a, it. Dead World is a zombie apocalypse book that predates uh, Walking Dead by nearly 20 years. Oh, wow. Started in the 80s. Wow. And, and and Caliber sells collections of of story arcs all together, you know, in, in their in their uh, trade paperbacks, and they are outstanding. And they've got different uh, artists doing interpretations, and you've got all kinds of. Uh, There's so many ideas that they're using now on both Walking Dead and Z Nation, of uh, some things that the viewer on television hasn't seen before, but a lot of those things are in those books. Uh, or a variation thereof so i recommend anybody if you're really interested in that that uh, zombie genre look at the predecessor of all the others uh dead world which is really really cool so i digressed but uh any anyway um yeah so that's caliber uh i i think that they are going to continue to climb the ladder and and go uh, up the rung to the closer to the top up to the top and uh, i'm proud to be a part of that and i'm hoping that the bobcat uh, will be a vehicle to help them get there
1: yeah absolutely and of course we will put all of these all the links to bobcat dead world shepherd anything else that we have mentioned in the show notes that way any listener that wants to go ahead and purchase and support can do so with one click but but man Absolutely. that is just that is just so so crazy so what made you um i also recently supported a a, a comic on kickstarter what made you want to go the kickstarter route i guess what <clears throat> what was the initial thought behind okay let's do kickstarter let's do let's go this route let's uh maybe let's back it up just a little bit more before we even get yes. there yes uh, how did you get linked up with your artist, which his name is Jim Meslin, is that correct?
0: Correct. You nailed it. Okay. And that's where, that's where this story goes. The, the first question links to this as well. Um, gotcha. I'll tell you where we crossed paths. It was in 2016 in the fall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's from West Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. So he was there with his setup, and I was on the opposite end of the, the con, and my wife was there. And I was over there by where the, the, uh, you know, celebrity guests were and all doing all that thing. And she was on the opposite end and she called me on the phone and said, Hey, come over here. There's an artist. I want you to see his stuff. You need to come over here and check it out. And I said, okay, I will. So I zipped over there, started looking at his work and I thought, yeah, this is cool. I like his style. I like the whole thing. And, and so we started talking and I proceeded to tell him about the story and, uh, show him, uh, some of my notes and some of my conceptual sketches and also the, the very first standard for the character drawn professionally was done by none other than Neil Adams himself.
1: Wow. And
0: and so he, I I, actually at that show, I think that's where I picked it up from him because he was at the show and, and I had it in my hands. So I, I told Jim about all this and he just looked at me and was like, who is doing your art for the book? And I said, I don't really know yet. It's still kind of early on. He goes, I want to do it. <laughs> and so, I mean, like the rest is history because he is a native American Western, you know, kind of the, the rough and tumble. He loves all that stuff and mythology, yeah. um, it's right up his alley. So it was like one of those serendipitous moments that was meant to be, Sure, we, you know, uh, people that are so far worlds apart, so to speak, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then, uh, come together and meet and talk and, and then take it from there. And Jim is the one that uh, there's a couple other people too, but Jim was the first one to suggest uh, Kickstarter and, uh, said to check it out. And, and, you know, he knew some people that had done them and he had, uh, I believe he had done one prior to that, uh, as well. And so I looked into it and decided that was a, a good route to take because I, I looked through there and I saw some other projects of, uh, people and, and publishers that I had, that I'm familiar with. So I thought, right. okay, well, this, this is legit and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can get a, uh, a pretty good response. Um, so we did on the very first venture, any first time I'd ever done anything, it was for issue number one, um. We were selected by Kickstarter as pro- a project we love,
1: which, of oh, course, that's promotes. awesome.
0: Yeah, so I was just, I, you know, I called up Jim. I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this, you know. And uh, so that was great. Um, number two and three, we kind of escaped their notice. Th- but Those were successful campaigns. They were great. And then uh, the fourth campaign, which is the one for the trade paperback as assembled, you know, uh, helping to cover costs for production of the bonus art, the guest artists and things like that to put it all together. Anyway, I was into it like four days into the campaign, and I got an email from uh, Kickstarter that said, we have selected you as a project that we love again. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So this one is a project they love, and uh, it's it's live right now. Uh on kickstarter so
1: and we will of course put that in the show notes as
0: well yes
1: man that's really cool so so now linking up with caliber how does that work so i know you can't get into specifics obviously but i want to know what do on a general level what are they covering moving forward
0: uh as far as uh What Calibre produces or? Yeah.
1: So so like are they re-releasing the the trade paperback volume one, which is the first three issues? Are they uh, helping publish the next ones? How how does that work?
0: Got you. uh, They just do with it's, it's sort of a reincarnation. Of the company the way it's operating right now and so they don't do single issue comic books they just do trade paperbacks normally about 100 pages and up you know okay and and so when i got my three single issues done then we had, plus the bonus material, we had, you know, I don't know, about 110 pages. So sure. that's the very first volume one with all three chapters and, uh, and issues in it uh, is through Caliber, because I, I did not do it on, on my own. Uh, we, we got everything ready to go so that the culmination of all that work was this book. And uh, they do have single issues digitally through a bunch of uh, their, their creators, uh, some of the creators do it single issue at a time and others will just do a whole trade paperbacks worth of, of material at one time. But, uh, for those that have single issues, they offer those, uh, on a digital format, um, you know, straight from caliber. They're on, uh, comiXology, um, you know, maybe Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, But I think comiXology is Amazon. So, um, But yeah, and that's how it's going to work. So issue number four is halfway written, um, and it will be – I will print it, and uh, what I do is I sell those books at Comic-Cons and book signings when I make appearances. And that's how we move the single issues, the hard print copy. But as far as a print copy of anything, only the trade paperback is handled by Caliber uh, through any of their books. And, of course, it comes through uh, Diamond Distributors. So the the Bobcat trade paperback is going to be in the uh, trade magazine uh, that goes to the comic book stores from Diamond here in a few weeks because uh, it's in December's publication, which comes out at the end of November, the way I understand it. Yes. So, uh, of course, all comic book stores, please be on the lookout for
1: Bobcat. Yes, absolutely. And I know one thing that has been uh, that I, uh, Andrea mentioned when he was on talking about the Shepherd is that if you like hearing about this and you want to order it, but you're somebody that wants that prefers to order it you know, through your local comic shop, you can certainly if you don't have the, the magazine that uh, James was mentioning just now, you can go on to Diamond's website. We'll put a link to that in the show notes and you can get the unique code. Your comic shop can put that in order it and it can come straight to the store so you can both support the Bobcat and support your local comic shop as well.
0: That's great. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Um,
1: Now one, um, another question I had uh, was about, uh, I noticed in the end of the book, you've got uh, a dedication to, I believe your father, James Hostler Sr. So,
0: and my, uh, and my and my mother in law.
1: Yes, yes, and that was the other one, uh, Martha Bell Hardin, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe they both passed in in twenty
0: mm-hmm. last year.
1: So while we were wh- working on
0: the books. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah.
1: So how much of an impact has uh, have did they both have on you, uh, and also really your father as you were growing up, and 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 cultivating that relationship of, of father and and son and then how have you been able to draw certain lessons from him as a father to use because I, as i understand it, you're a father as well is that correct
0: i am i'm a grandfather even ah, well there you go <laughs> Believe it so or i not. guess
1: i guess kind of walk us through shifting to the parenting aspect of it uh yes, what yes. kind of lessons what were some of your fond memories and lessons you gathered from your father and that you've been able to kind of put your own parenting spin on it moving right. forward.
0: Yeah. Well, the lessons from dad, of course, he, he, uh, he worked harder than anybody I ever saw. And he showed me how to do that. And, uh, that hard work and dedication is part of why I have the book, you know, right now. Sure. And, uh, so that's, that's, uh, some of the life lesson that I learned from him. Um, the, we were not raised in Cherokee culture, of course, but the, there's like, you know, myth and legend and, and these stories, uh, uh, of, of our family and things that went on here and there, they were real strange and mysterious and, you know, exciting. And so he would tell me, you know, different stories about, uh, different happenings or when he was young and you know, this, that, and the other. And, uh, those things were very inspiring. And I, I loved, uh, you know, the excitement of it and the mystery and, and the intrigue. And, uh, that, that also inspired me to, to, write about uh, all of these things
1: okay very very cool what has been uh, this is a question we like to ask uh, some of our guests from time to time but what do you think makes a good dad
0: what makes a good dad um spending time with your kids is a great way to do it um be there to you know and let them know that you really are there for them no matter what. Um, that there's nothing they can do that's gonna make you not want to be with them. You know, um, I think a lot of children uh, parents get busy and this and that. I'm not being critical, but they have these insecurities because uh, to them, what they feel the, the even though the parent might say you're very important to me, uh, other activities, including including work, you know, uh, right. can can take take them away from there and uh i i think they just need that support structure and it helps them with their personal development and their confidence and uh you know their just their their sense of purpose and well-being um so yeah and encourage when you see something that they they whatever it is whatever skill talent or or positive thing that is an in interest of them just reinforce the heck out of it You know, just really back them up on that and say, yeah, you need to you need to work hard at this and you can develop it into something really nice.
1: Very cool. Yeah. How how uh, how excited are your kids and grandkids that their dad and grandpa is the creator of this awesome superhero
0: they are very excited. They're they're <laughs> kind of like, "Wow, Dad, are you serious? Really?" And you know, you there's a publisher that's going to put this in the comic book stores? Yes, right. <laughs> and like, wow, okay, that's very cool. You know, my kids are, are uh, of course grown up. Uh, my youngest is 27. My oldest is 29 now. Okay. And uh, then the grandkids are uh, one and a half to three to four. We got three okay. of them. And, and so those are their ages. And uh, they like the Bobcat. I mean, um, our three-year-old, you know, so technically can't read, but he can see the Bobcat logo and whatever and, and just look at it alone and say, that's the Bobcat, you know. <laughs> and so uh, he really likes it. And uh, it, it's just a lot of fun. And I think as time goes on, especially if – this uh, really catches on like I hope it will. The story is going to continue to grow and develop. And I think it'll be something uh, that they'll be very proud of. And it'll be a form of a, a legacy. You know, Yeah, that's what I'm hoping
1: Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Well, can you tease this up a little bit for what do you ideally or what are you actually sketching out for the Bobcat to encounter or, or uh, conquer or learn about uh, in the issues ahead?
0: Yes. Um, let's see. I want to tease you, but I don't want to do too much of a spoiler, but sure, this, sure. Won't, this, this won't be bad. The, the opening of issue four, chapter four, is in 1895, uh, New York, New York City, okay. and it is uh, Nikola Tesla's lab. Oh, And uh, that's where the story begins. And I think you could already make the connect the dots on who else is in in, uh, Tesla's lab. Uh, Dr. Shock is in there. And and uh, there is there was there was a fire in 1895 in that building that started in the basement that burned his lab completely down and destroyed a bunch of his stuff. And that really happened. And so we are going to create a form of explanation on how that happened and what what went down uh that's incorporating awesome. dr shock so that's a I, it's a really good teaser i love the way the thing begins and it just sets the stage for what's to come and uh basically this volume two the three chapters the three issues that are going to be included in volume two is going to be a, a full story arc uh with uh dr shock and and will firemaker the bobcat and it's going to progress into a you know, kind of a climax in the, in the third chapter at the end of volume one, or two, I mean. And uh, there are some other mythological uh, legendary creatures from the Cherokee lore that are going to be appearing as well uh, in this next volume. And I'll just go ahead and tell you one that probably won't be in this volume, but it'll probably be in the next. Uh, it is a character called Spearfinger and the the tribal legend is they called her the Natanhalan (laughs) Ogress and uh, she they call her Spearfinger because she would wander in the woods and people would would come upon her and she posed as a a little old lady kind of lost her way and uh she would make them drop their guard and gain their trust and she would use her spear finger and cut them open and take their liver. Oh wow. <laughs> and <Whoa>. that's that's <laughs> from a real story. Yes. A, I mean a real legend. And right. so so that uh that will be incorporated uh in the in the book at, oh, at my some goodness. point. So that just a that's a real teaser right there. And just yeah. some, <laughs> some of that actual lore is really, really awesome. It's like whoa, you know? So right.
1: Yeah. Oh man. That is going to be super exciting. I, I cannot wait. Um, I do want to. Uh, so the this has just been fantastic and amazing to get to know all about this. Um, Thank you. Before before we start wrapping up, I got a, a couple other uh, quick fire things I sure. want to throw your way. But uh, sure. yeah, before I lose sight of that what is, if people want to follow you or the Bobcat and and what is up next and what's on the horizon, what is the easiest way for them to do that?
0: Okay. With what's going on right now, um, you know, get on Kickstarter and uh, you can at least follow if, if you don't feel like being a backer yet, you can follow the uh, campaign, which is going to go on for another couple of weeks. Okay. And uh, you know, there'll be updates and you can see what's happening there. Uh, as far as, just like kind of up to the minute, of uh, the overall picture of the Bobcat would be on our Facebook page that you just type in the Bobcat and you will find it because it'll say fictional character. And uh, I'm always posting, uh, you know, different uh, some some new art or a pinup up or, you know, a storyline or something. I put those on there. And also just keep people informed on what's going on, uh, what's coming up next, if we're going to be at a uh, particular con, um, you know things like that. So that's okay. that's a great way to do it. I have we also have a website that doesn't have a lot of information on it. It has a, a really the really cool video that is on the Kickstarter campaign project. It's a great little video my nephew put together. That is on the 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 web page as well as a link to purchase from. Amazon, if they want to, because Amazon is printing the book on demand right now. And they're the very first ones that are allowing people to purchase it because it hasn't hit the comic book stores yet. So there's okay. a link there that they can buy uh, from Amazon. Um, it, it, it's the Bobcat, the Bobcat dot net. OK, the Bobcat dot net. And again, it's it's not a complete uh, product, but it's it's there. It's open. It's online. And, and uh, it's it's a start. So, okay,
1: very cool. All right, uh, before we get out of here, I want to, I always like to throw a couple dad jokes our guests' way. If, sure. uh, if you're ready, do you have any dad jokes that you would like to provide? Oh, gosh, uh,
0: a joke about dads or just a terrible joke that a dad tells? I get uh, ty- plenty of those. Yeah,
1: typically it's a terrible joke that a dad would tell. Yes,
0: okay, this and this kind of relates to the story here. So, you're gonna get a big kick out of this, okay, okay. What do you call a blind buck? I don't know what. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought
1: that was oh. pretty. Good. Oh, that one is really, really good. Oh, oh man, I don't know if I can top that one. Do you have one more?
0: Um, you tell me yours. I'm trying to think. Cause I'm, okay. Right now, I'm drawing a blank.
1: Okay. Okay. uh uh uh, what is a pirate's favorite letter wrong tis the sea matey
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome tis the sea matey I, i can use that right
1: Right. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. All uh, right. I t- our uh, our kids' pediatrician always tells a couple dad jokes before leaving the appointment, and that's uh, that's one that I picked up from him. I made sure that I could retell it, and so I'm pa- passing the joke on to you. So
0: that's awesome. I appreciate that. That's a great one. Yeah, I've got a couple <laughs> others that I'm just drawing a blank on right now. Just I guess because okay. we're sitting here talking.
1: Right. Right. Uh, of uh, course.
0: You know, so I'm like, ah, I'm on the spot. I'm not thinking about it.
1: It's okay. It's all right. We will end it there. Um, One thing I do want to ask you as we're leaving: uh, what uh, do you have? uh, Occasionally, we like to provide our listeners with uh, a, a thing to check out or a recommendation of something cool or unique that we haven't talked about already that might be worth their time for them to check out off air. What do you have? A specific book, TV show? Anything that you can think of, something that's unique that you really get a kick out of that you would like to pass on to our listeners?
0: Well, there there are some uh, – it's kind of a plug, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I really feel this. If they go to Caliber's website where they offer their trade paperbacks, um, there's some really good material on there, a lot of good books that, are, of course, they're not on one of the big – mainstream publishers per se, you know, uh, like DC Marvel, because uh, it's, it's all indie stuff. But um, there are some really good uh, stories in there. There is actually one that uh, is called Strange Detective Mysteries. And I'm Ooh. plugging that book. And it's, it's set in 1902, which is four years after uh, the Bobcat in 1898. And it has uh, Bat Masterson, Harry Houdini, uh, H. G. Wells, let's see, Nikola Tesla, okay. and and I'm forgetting. There's another one other person, um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, oh, and wow. so so these four dudes, which were alive and kicking at that time, are all brought together to solve the mystery of the death of Edgar Allan Poe.
1: Ooh.
0: So it's 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 uh. It's a really good book. I really enjoy it, so i plug that. And then, of course, you've already spoken about this before, but Andrea Molinari's book, uh, The Shepherd, is a is a great, great story. And yes. he's got
1: two volumes out now. And I think That's maybe right.
0: three Maybe three came out, even. He was on the verge I, of it.
1: I, I think but, three uh, has come out. I know yeah. for sure that two's out. I, I want to say that three is out now as well, but we'll double check that.
0: Great. And then, uh, you know, as far as everybody's seen all the zombie stuff, but if if somebody has never checked out uh, Z Nation, uh, I would recommend it because it's a combination of uh, Sean of the Dead and uh, you know and, and Walking Dead, and it's it's uh, <laughs> it's got slapstick in it, and then it has uh, some some dramatic moments too. It's got just about everything, and uh, we've met most of the the cast from there, and they're just really cool guys, and and it's just it's just a fun show to watch because you've got moments of seriousness and then you've got just where they're cutting up and you're just having a good old time. So that's
1: awesome. Yeah. But I believe, I believe the past seasons of that are on Netflix. If I'm not mistaken, you got it. So, they are. So yeah. Okay. Perfect. So we'll have that on there as well. Well, this has been great, James. Thanks so much for your time. Um, My uh, pleasure. Listeners. If you are a dad and want to have your story told, or if you know of somebody that needs to have their story told, you can reach out to us. Easiest way to do that is by going to our website, detoxpodcast.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast.com. You'll find links to be able to email us, all our social media. We're at Detox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, just hit us up. We'll be more than happy to share your story and, and talk with you just as we did with James today. So, James, we need a hashtag for this episode. Should the hashtag be hashtag Bobcat?
0: Yeah, the Bobcat.
1: Yeah, The Bobcat. Hashtag the Bobcat. Well, awesome. Uh, thank you again, James, and thank you, listeners. And yes, uh, until until next time, hashtag the Bobcat and hashtag be a better dad. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's v-o-k-a-l-now.com.